Welcome to the All Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Minham, joined by my star producer and co-host, Chris Brito. Our 2023 NBA Finals matchup is here. The Denver Nuggets, the Miami Heat. We got a one seed. We got an eight seed. We have a lot to talk about with this matchup. Before we get to all that, Chris, my friend, I hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. Hope you got to enjoy a little game seven on Monday night. How are you? Hey, Steve, you can't complain. You know, I we've been waiting for a little while longer than we expected with the Heat finally finishing off the Celtics. Um, Really impressive job by the Celtics to make it to a game seven. But ultimately, I think to many people, that'll be a disappointment. Um, Just because the Celtics went in as the second seed and the Heat eighth seed somehow managed to, to, to win this and come through and now they're facing the nuggets who who i think will obviously be the biggest test for them that being said i think the net the the miami heat will beat the denver nuggets in six or seven games wow wow uh all right well yeah we gotta make you make the pick six or seven what's it gonna be uh six would be in miami seven would be in denver just six okay yeah i'm gonna say denver i'm gonna say denver takes it in six I just think they have just too much firepower. And we saw, you know, this Miami team look hobbled with Jimmy Butler wincing basically in every play. You know, Gabe Vincent's been questionable in a bunch of these games. I understand Tyler Hero might make a return in potential game three, but I'm not sure if he's going to make a difference. I just think this Denver team is just, they're so healthy. Like there's no problems right now with them. They have so much firepower. And I just think the best player in the world, Nikola Jokic, is going to show everybody once again that he is one of the great players of this century. Yeah, I mean, he's he's an incredible talent. And I think the world is finally catching up to seeing who, well, really, um, the United States really catching up to who he is as a as an incredible player. Um, that being said, the Heat... Are, a t- are have just shown throughout these playoffs that they're a team that they can they can win in many different ways and prove you wrong in many different ways. They're and, gonna have to put up big time points, which they can, as you said, they, they can. They can and they will. And I think I think to me the biggest X factor in this whole series is gonna be Jamal Murray. Like obviously Jokic is gonna do what he needs to do, but I think the series is whether depends on whether Murray can average more than 24, 25 points a game and really like give the, make the heat pay for what they're going to do with Jokic. You know, I think Jokic obviously is going to get a lot of the attention, but Murray is the key to all of this. Yeah. I, I think for me, it's going to have to be, you know, maybe a guy like Gabe Vincent on Miami you you just need another 20-point score in this series, somebody who could do it efficiently. It's just crazy to me how, you know, Caleb Martin is doing this. Jimmy Butler is doing this. Miami was not a bad scoring team in the regular season. They were the worst scoring team in the regular season, 109.7 per game, which you think, okay, that's not that bad, right? That's dead last in the entire NBA this year. They were the worst scoring team in the entire league. 
And it's just they flipped. And it's not like they're putting up big points. Like, what, they put up 103 in, in game seven? They're just they're grinding teams out, and they're hitting timely shots. And we've not seen any team be able to grind out Denver so far. We've seen Denver just do whatever they want. They're putting up 65, 75 points in a half. And now we have, can this Miami defense slow down or stop this, what looks like this this unmovable object in the Denver Nuggets? So who have the Nuggets beat in that, that for you, like, is a really battlegrounded, like, tested defense? Let's go over it. Let's go. Timberwolves. Well, I thought the I thought the Lakers uh, were playing much better defense in the last couple months. Mm-hmm. I mean, Anthony Davis to me played really well defensively, and they he was just still no match for Joker. And obviously, there aren't a ton of great defenses. I think, as you're probably pointing out right now, my the Miami Heat defense is going to be better than anything Denver has, has faced. We're not. I'm not trying to say that's not the case. I just think. Great offense usually beats great defense, and that's why I'm picking Denver. So normally I would agree, but I think there is something to the playoffs and hitting another immovable object, which is the Miami Heat. And I think the Miami Heat just like figure out ways to chip out your best offense, best forms of offense. And I think, you know, I think what we're seeing in these playoffs is like it's a lot about what the role players bring outside of the stars. Like you just mentioned Caleb Martin, but like, you know, Aaron Gordon's going to have a big game. He's going to probably be the one guarding Jimmy Butler most of the time. And, you know, even guys like, you know, Contavious, Caldwell Pope, they're going to play big roles. I think especially for someone like Contavious, who will also probably get minutes at Butler, this whole team presents many different challenges that the Nuggets haven't faced yet. And I think, you know, the Nuggets also faced like a, a hobbled LeBron James and a hobbled, you know, Anthony Davis played well. I'm not going to say it, but, you know, he has his own issues. Yeah. So, And I just don't think the Nuggets have played anyone really at, at the level that have, that have met them. Like the Suns maybe – but the Suns are the second best team in basketball, and they basically beat them pretty easily. Say that again. I thought the Phoenix Suns were the second best team going into the playoffs, and the the Nuggets basically threw them around for six games. And well, I felt like it wasn't I even think, close. I think the Suns also were a victim of a team that was put together last minute, and so yeah. were the Lakers. Like. The Nuggets' best asset right now is their continuity across the last four or five seasons. That might be the same case with Miami, though. Right, right, right. I'm not, and that's not, that's not, um, that's not a vulnerability. I think that's actually probably the best thing about them. Yeah. Uh, And I'm so happy for both these teams because they both deserve all the flowers in the world for sort of like committing to their program instead of like, the Celtics have also committed to their program too, but I think that's a whole other set of worms. We'll probably get into the final thoughts, but I don't know. I, I really feel strongly that the heat can beat the nuggets. And the more I think about it, the more I feel confident in that. Now, are you giving the heat? Obviously they deserve their flowers, the heat, 
are you giving them credit for turning it up a notch or are you kind of downplaying their regular season saying they were always kind of this team they just didn't really take the regular season seriously i think it's the latter and i think as you know we can't take the regular season as we can take it as a pretext but it's certainly not the the conclusion of what the regular season is it's like the whole thing is a marathon right like you're going to run your race differently at the beginning than you do at the end and so i think the heat sort of embody that where they've known like okay like the beginning of the season well for the regular season we're going to just steady it and then toward the end we're going to ramp it up and i think that's what we're seeing right now i mean no one saw it coming no one did but it's probably not a coincidence that like they're playing so well right now i really thought this formula was exactly why I picked the Clippers to be the NBA champs because I believe they had the wings and the horses and the depth to say we're not really going to take the regular season seriously we're going to have everybody ready to go in April May June and it didn't happen that way and the heat show me that the Clippers strategy is possible you just need the right guys and it starts with Jimmy Butler who you know is going to go down as one of the hardest working you know, most determined athletes we've seen. Oh, yeah. And not only that, he's just so confident. And I think you can see that oozing into the players and like, like, look at Caleb Martin. Like, yeah. Caleb like, Martin was saw like, that coming. Charlotte, I nothing in Charlotte. And, you know, in the regular season, he averaged nine points a game. And now he looks like a legit starting wing on a, in a league that everyone needs wings. Oh, yeah. Uh, I- okay. So we made our predictions, you know, I talked about, you know, Gabe Vincent, you know, being my X factor. I also think Caldwell Pope on the Denver side is going to be an X factor because he's going to have to hit his timely shots like he has been all playoffs. He's also going to, as you said, need to guard Jimmy Butler, him, Aaron Gordon, and my guy, Christian Brown, are probably going to be the three guys kind of guarding Jimmy most of the time. Mm -hmm. And we'll see because Jimmy was wincing. Let's see. It's a three days off enough to get him ready to go in Denver. It's a quick turnaround for the heat, right? And now you're going up to the altitude. So I, I think Denver is just going to fast pace blitz them and we'll see whose pace controls the game. Are they be able to go slower? That's what Miami wants. Are they going to be able to go fast and transition? That's what Denver wants. And that's how, to me, the first two games of the series will be determined. So normally I would say, yeah, that the altitude matters, but the heat are one of the best conditioned teams in the NBA. And then number two, a lot of games in a very short amount of time. It's true, but you got to think about it this way: like the Heat in in Boston territory played as if they were on a fresh set of legs. So I don't, I don't, I don't dismiss, I don't dismiss like that aspect of their conditioning. In terms of um, you know, the short turnaround. I think, if anything, I feel like that would help the Heat, not not hurt them. Um, I think they're they're going to be in a game mode, and I think the Nuggets being away from basketball from that long, I think, kind of hurts a little bit. You know, we saw that happen with our Mets when we did. when they went to the World Series and they had a lot of rest. Rest or rust? That's always the uh, the big question. You know, and I and I think those are, you know, who. 
you know, I think the continuity is going to really help the Heat. I don't think it's going to hurt them. And I think I have a bold prediction. I think the Heat win game one. Wow. Wow. I'm going to say Denver wins game one. It's uh, it's going to be a great series, I think. I don't think either one of us expects it to be a short series. And just give credit to both these teams. It's nice to see a, a, some new faces in the NBA Finals getting some spotlight for sure. Uh, the old face in uh, in in the Finals is actually in the news today. Bob Myers and his Golden State Warriors. Bob Myers stepping down as the president and GM of the Warriors. And Chris, obviously, when we saw that they were scheduling a press conference for Tuesday, a couple hours, you know, 24 hours ago, I kind of thought this meant the end. And it looks like that's the case. We don't really know the details yet. Did it stop because of money? Did it stop because he doesn't really want to be the guy to have to break up this warrior dynasty? Is it because he's just tired of the job? And we may not know those answers until the seven books are written about this warrior dynasty, which I'm sure you and I will read a couple of those. But cool. for the for 2023 and beyond, what does it mean for this warrior roster with Bob Meyer stepping down? I think it really depends on who's going to replace him. I think yeah. if it's someone who sort of knows his system a little, the system that was implemented, I think there's a chance that the Warriors do an, at least another run. But it's tough. I think there's a case to be made that with him leaving, the team is going to turn a new leaf and find a new way to build around Steph Curry for the remainder of what he has with the Warriors. So I don't know, man. I think I think they're going to end up – I don't know. I think they're going to end up moving on from Clay and Dre, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I, I agree. I think uh, this is makes it easier to kind of say we're, we're moving on. You know, Draymond Green has a $27.5 million player option for next season. I think the Warriors would be happy if he picked it up and they could say, okay, we're, we're hitting the reset button. We're going to figure out how to make Draymond, you know, and, and Jordan Poole get over that situation. But um, Draymond admitted that was a big problem during the season, and he felt like he couldn't really be the leader – He's been in years past because of that incident. And to me, when you hear that combined with him saying, I'm going to get paid. And, you know, now the guy who has not only drafted him, but has given him his last contract is walking out the door a few weeks before that decision needs to be made. It's looking very difficult for me to see him coming back. I mean, obviously, we talk about Clay as well, but Clay's under contract for $43 million next year. So he's not going anywhere for at least a year. Poole's about to start a max contract extension. You got Curry making you know money into the 50s. They just extended Wiggins a few months ago. And yes, the cap is going up, but the cap new rules are going to make it so hard to do anything if you're in warrior-level territory with the, with the cap. And so... I think what they're going to do is they're going to let Draymond walk if this number gets too out of hand. And they might use a Kaminga, a Moody, you know, maybe pools money and all their picks and say, we're going to go try to upgrade, you know, a wing spot, a power forward spot, something to bring some new life into the team and, you know, build a new big three around Curry, Clay, and this new player. And, 
it'll be fascinating to see who that player is. I don't know who it is, but um, you want me to tell you who I think would I be think a the great... Warriors are going to look different. You want me to tell you who I think would be a great fit? That sounds great. What what do the Warriors need more than anything? You tell me. I don't know. I'm asking you. I I think they just need like a 26 year old version of Draymond, and they'll be fine. I don't know. I think I think more so than the Draymond thing, they need someone with an edge. And I think okay, that's Draymond. I, but yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I get what you mean. I I, I actually think. And you're, I know you're going to give me, you're going to, you're going to hate me for this. But I actually think Julius makes a lot of sense. <laughs> they, they would not take him. No, no, I know. But here's why I think he makes a lot of sense. He's someone who can like drive to the basket, get rebounds, get toughness in the interior. Yeah. Like, and he operates in different certain, different spaces than those other three guys do. Yeah. You know? And I, I think they just need somebody tough on the defensive end and somebody who can kind of be a secondary ball hand, like a playmaker, which is the two things Draymond does really well. And Right, but he has such, like, specific, like, specific tool set, you know? Like, where are you going to find a guy like that? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, if the uh, – I mean, I'm trying to think what that deal would even be. Like, would the Knicks have interest in a pool for Randall Swap? I think both teams say no to that. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably like consider a clay for Randall swap. I don't I don't know if that's crazy. I don't think the Warriors would do that. But uh No, listen, I don't I don't think so either. I'm just putting it out there as like I don't think the Warriors would trade Clay based on what he's done for the organization, based on the, the injury. You know, I think also his his value is down now. I, I don't I don't think they would they would trade him. Hmm. But it's an interesting thought. It's a thought I had not thought before. And I I I, I knew you were gonna say it and I was ready to blast you for it. And now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, well, like I don't think they would do it, but I, I don't think it's insane. It's like there there are worse ways to construct the warrior roster next season. All right, I'll take it. All right. Uh let me get to our final thoughts right after this. All right, Chris, final thoughts time here. Uh, obviously, the Boston Celtics are not going back to the finals. They lose in game seven. They nearly had the first ever 3-0 comeback in NBA history. But I think one of the big reasons why they didn't was Jalen Brown, who was really awful in this game, Chris. He had, you know, eight turnovers. We kind of noticed two years ago, you know, he can't dribble the ball in, in transition, in space, anywhere where a defender can poke it away. And you can't really unsee that once you start looking for it and now he's as a all nba second team player he's going to be eligible for 55 60 million dollars in the next few seasons once his uh extension comes up next summer i'm wondering if it makes sense to cash him in and try to see if you can upgrade for an older superstar in damian lillard a jalen brown for damian lillard i think it makes so much sense for both sides obviously with the salaries, Lillard makes a little more. So you'd have to throw in a guy like maybe Marcus Smart or Malcolm Brogdon. But those, one of those guys is not going to have a ton of minutes if, if Lillard is your point guard anyway. So I just think it makes a lot of sense. Pair Lillard with Tatum and just see where you can go. And then if you're Portland, you can have you know a really good, one of the best wings in the NBA and Jalen Brown to go with Simons 
and this number three pick. What do you think? I actually don't. I don't think that's going to happen for the Celtics. I think I'm for, for, especially for Portland, I think Portland wants to build around Dame as opposed to like ship him out. And so I think what I do see happening, um, uh, Kevin O'Connor of the ringer proposed this other idea about training that number three pick in Afrony Simons for Jalen Brown, which I, I don't think is a bad idea because you get, you really do get everything. The caveat being that what are the Celtics going to do, you know, being an Eastern Conference Finals team with that number three pick? I guess you could toss it and see what else you can get with it. But um, I see that happening more so than Dame going to the Celtics. I still don't think Portland's going to trade Dame unless Dame goes get me out of there. Right. It's it's a really fine line because I think we all kind of know this Dame construction is not going to work in Portland. Like they're not going to win a championship with the limited resources they have at the same time. It's probably one of the hardest places in the NBA to get a star to want to stay. And so to treat Dame as loyal and as well as you can could help you down the road for the next 20, 30 years. Like people still talk, players still talk about how, cold it was when the Celtics traded Isaiah Thomas right after all he did for for the team so it's a fine line I would do it I would move Dame and I would explain to him that like this isn't gonna we can't build a team around you we gotta go young and we're gonna go put you in a a space where you're arguably gonna be the biggest favorite in the NBA or at least in the Eastern Conference yeah and I think with with Dame I think Dame needs to really look at himself in the mirror, not himself, but his career in the mirror. If he doesn't want to stay in Portland, then so be it. I think he does. I think he does also. Um, I think the one thing with him is that his time is sort of running out in terms of like his prime. He's on the, he's up, he's probably on the downer side of his prime. 33 in July. And if he wants to if he wants to really win a ring, he needs to start moving this year. I think this is probably the year he has to do it. Agreed. He may not, he may not care. He may not care, honestly, and that's fine. I think he cares. I definitely think he cares. And, you know, I wish I was kind of hoping that they would win the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. Right. And you could put Lillard with, with Wemby and you could say, all right, let's, let's see what this is. But now third pick, if it's Brandon Miller, you know, he might need two years to become the player people think it could be. If it's Scoot, who knows how he, uh, Simons, and Lillard backcourt would work when they're all great scoring first guards who don't play much defense. So it's, just, it's a t- tough situation for Portland. I don't really know how they're going to turn it around without some big move. And to me, this would be the big move. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, I'm on I'm on board if he get he, if if Damon can get a ring, but it'll be hard to root for him in a Celtics jersey. All right, that's gonna do it for us here on the All Hoops podcast. We have a big game one on Thursday. We'll be back next week to talk more NBA action.